And now, do you like Prince movies? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Do You Like Prince Movies. I'm Alex Papadimus. I'm Wesley Morris. Back from from a wonderful place called Cannes, France, where the Cannes Film Festival took place. Thank you for saying for it so that I didn't have to. 12 days. You're welcome. I don't like pronouncing it. I always feel like I'm, I always feel like I'm getting it wrong. You're never getting anything wrong. You're great. How is Cannes? I don't know. I never know how to talk about any of this stuff because I've only I've only been one time and I, I didn't see any movies when I was there. But so I don't know. I don't ever know how to ask uh, what the, the what questions to ask. But uh, um, how was your experience? How would you characterize? I would characterize my experience this year as my movie going experience as being somewhat lackluster. Um, there weren't that many great movies. Uh, the best movie for many, many, many days, and maybe even ultimately, was Mad Max. I think that is still, it, it almost, to a critic, doesn't matter who you ask. Uh, like uh, the Austrians, the Russians, the Chinese, the Argentines, the Americans, everybody's favorite movie was Mad Max. Fury Road. It it's it, it, I I I can't even. That to me is the most unprecedented, somewhat uni- unanimous response I can think of to to a movie I've seen at that festival. Um, it wasn't in competition. It was just shown the the second day of the festival, like almost as like as an amuse bouche. Like, <laughs> there was you know Warner Brothers didn't. Um, is it Warner Brothers? I'm yes. pretty sure it's Warner Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers didn't put it in. They I don't know if they didn't want it in competition. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know that Terry Fromeau, who who runs the festival more or less from from the ground, um, invited it to to be in the competition. But and I can't say that it would have won any of the top prizes. But it definitely was the number one most popular critics movie. Uh, among all of those, did you actually survey all of those different uh, nationalities? Uh, no, I mean those are all people from different countries that I either ran into or knew, or you know, you overhear things and you go to dinner with a bunch of people and people have talked to other people and you know everybody was just over the moon. I mean, the cheering at the end of that screening was just it was great, and the the applause after the sequences, like people were clapping. At the end of every sequence, there was massive applause. Right, and the people... only time I can think of that happening, there's I've, that's happened in movies before. But Drive was another example of a, of a movie where, like, at the end of a sequence, people would stand up and clap. People get excited. The one movie I saw at Cannes was Inglorious Bastards, and people get excited about individual sections of movies there based on that experience. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, there's a there's a movie here called uh, Yellow Dog. Um, a couple of years ago, that all from from Hong Kong, it ha- that also had some just astonishing action sequences, and people clapped at the end. Big emotional scenes uh, do that to people too, where they just, uh, you know, a piece of acting, you know, a scene that ends with a great piece of acting will will get some applause in the middle of a movie too. But I have had better years. The the jury this year were that were, were Joel and Ethan Cohen. 
Uh, it also included Rossi De Palma and um, Sienna Miller and Guillermo del Toro and Jake Gyllenhaal and Rokia Traore. Um, I'm missing somebody, I'm sure. But I think that's everybody. Uh, it was, you know, and oh, my God, how could I forget one of my favorite directors, Xavier Dillon. Um, by the way, if you've never seen a Xavier Dillon movie, Alex, I'm going to tell you to start with Heartbeats because uh, it's the shortest of his movies. Um, but this kid is amazing. He's 26 and he's from Quebec and he makes these really beautiful, over emotionally overwrought, like formally whatever he feels like doing melodramas. He's just, he, people hate him. Like they're, they're the critics uh, that just loathe him. But I find, and this is going to sound awful, but I find it to be true. The older the critic, the more eye rolling the critic does, you know, the people who are kind of in the bag for say Clint Eastwood, not in the bag for Xavier Dillon. Um, well, that now, was not yeah, see, shot now, fired. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is in a way because now it's turned it. It's now you've turned it into which bag do I want to be in? And it's clear which of those bags. If there's two you bags, you can be in both bags. It doesn't. I mean, but I'm I'm saying that I find, for instance, the people who are like all in uncritically. I mean, not uncritically, but just just all in on American Sniper, for instance really didn't like mommy which is delon's last movie right that's the one that, that is, i've heard about and that's the it's phenomenal it's so great it came out it came out in some cities in january anyway he's on the jury with with those other people and you would think that that collection of people would just not be like what do they have in common with just nothing they're a, they're a, they became but they by the end when i went to the jury press conference after the awards were given out they seemed like they were all pals and, and really just, you know, fans of one another and of their movie going experience together. Well, they've been, you know, locked in that room for, you know, days on end debating. Yeah. Yeah. That 12 angry men room that we together. imagine in which uh, these decisions are made. I mean, having been on a jury, I can also tell you that you, you, it, I don't know. I've just never been on a jury where it was ugly. Um, you know, uh, there have been spirited conversations and you like, I think you want to sort of forego ugliness and you ultimately will compromise something. Um, but they have been like, they're very emotional, those juries and like the bigger, the jury, like with the can jury, I feel like that group of people it probably was, it probably became emotional also given some of the movies that there were to watch. Um, but, but the Mad, Mad Max was the best thing I saw. And, um, there's a really good movie called The Measure of a Man with Vincent Landon, who is just the best French movie star there is right now. He's about, I don't know, what is he? He's in his 50s. He won Best Actor. Uh, the Lobster is really good. <laughs> Do you know what that is? That's the that's the movie about the, the relationship satire where all single people um, have 45 days to find a new mate or they have to, or they're going to be turned into an animal of their choosing. That that's what that was about. No. Oh yeah. Colin Farrell's really good in it. Oh my God. The, the, there you go. It's really good. Those it's are two very pieces funny. of information I did not have about the lobster. That is, oh really? Yeah. yeah. Everything has no, changed now. It's a relationship satire. It's very, very funny. I mean, it doesn't totally work. It falls apart at the end, but 
Colin Farrell is really good in a, as a kind of, in a kind of deadpan, sad sack sort of way. And John C. Riley is in it, and Rachel Weisz is in it, and Leia Seydoux is in it, and um, Olivia Coleman plays basically the nurse ratchet of the of the like fancy pants hotel where all the single people have to live until they find someone in the hotel to be with. It's yeah, you're. I think you'll like it. I think it's really good. Um, um, Leia Seydoux is part of the second half plot twist, which isn't really much of a plot twist. It just is like a counter. Anyway, I, I'm saying too much. Um, I had a good time. I'm glad I'm back. Um, I missed you. I'm happy that Dave and you got to talk about Mad Max and Mad Men. Yeah, thanks uh, which to I Dave didn't Schilling. listen to. Thanks to yeah. Dave Schilling for sitting in. Schilling. I don't know why I just, you know, apostrophized him. Dave Schilling of Grantland, thank you for sitting in this chair opposite me, which is now. Because you were chilling with Schilling. Uh, that is the inevitable, <laughs> the inevitable Dave Schilling podcast when he eclipses this podcast, when his fame garnered through his appearances onto like Prince movies, when he blows up. And just leaves us in the dust. Chilling with Chilling is the you know is absolutely blown. where it's going. He's blown. No, that I think podcast the, is coming right now. It's it, it's happened while while we've been doing this show. This show has actually been canceled. This is the last episode <laughs> of Do You Like Prince Movies? Stay tuned. For no, it. we don't like Prince movies. Hopefully, uh, I will be an intern on uh, Chilling with Chilling. <laughs> and I'll get to you know I'll get to be like Mr. Schilling. Would you uh, would you care for another Coke, sir? That was. What about shellax? <laughs> shellax. Shellax. See, that's getting into dubstep territory. <laughs> I can't go that far with you. I can't. I can't. I can't. Anyway, I'm glad he. I'm glad you guys got to talk about that. I I just watched the Mad Men finale. Yeah, you um, lived for night. like several days, for many yeah. days in a, a week, like a bubble, a time zone. Clearly, people were not talking about it in France, or if you no. if they, or if they were, they were speaking in languages you don't speak. Because you had nothing yes. spoiled for you, I almost spoiled the Coke thing for you. I didn't. I, I don't know. Even if you had told me that that, because you know, I saw. You, you can't avoid if you're like doing if you're poking around the internet in English, um, and you're looking at certain media sources for information about other things um, to write a piece or answer a question or whatever. There'd be some inevitably you'd run into some. Mad Men finale related thing, but it just didn't. I knew that the answer wasn't going to be Don's dead or like you know the Fed. The Fed's caught Joan. It just wasn't going to be that kind of ending. So I mean, unless I really was going to read whatever was being written, I wasn't going to have what happened spoiled for me. But there was a lot of talk about Coke, and I'm like, oh, maybe Don went back to the agency and like <laughs> yeah, I guess saved. Yeah. Save the agency and like wrote a Coke ad. I don't. I don't know. I guess that wouldn't know ruin it for you from. since they've already introduced the Coca Cola subplot. So right. you, it was, yeah, that that makes sense. So not having listened to the show, how how did you feel? I mean, just very quickly for you know to spare all the people who already know how you feel because they were here last week. I well uh, yeah. I mean, I've been talking about. I'm still talking about it to people. It's like I was talking to people about it over the weekend. I, I love the way that it lands i love that it lands in a way that is a a joke and b left people wondering and talking about the morally compromised nature of television and advertising you know that it ended up it ended on a free a free ad for coke that they did not pay for it like but the thing that it sent you out on was an advertisement and then like it ends with don writing an ad because i was sort of thinking leading up to it 
okay, he's not. There's no way they're going to be able to get him back to the office. Like that would be ridiculous. Like to get him back to New York and get him back in a suit and you know come in and save the you know save the big meeting or whatever. Like come in with the you know, the presentation. That's never going to happen. You know. So what are we going to not see? Like are we going to you know? And the, you know we got to actually see him come up with an advertisement and save the whole thing. I thought it was sort of perfect and also kind of just you know perfectly sort of mordant and dark that he that this is this is what enlightenment looks like to this man after mm-hmm. after all that that's where it goes that's where his mind goes and i thought that was really that was completely realistic that he would find a way immediately to monetize it um yeah. coming out of that you know and i thought the other things i enjoyed all of the fan servicey aspects of the finale i had no problem with you know this stan and peggy like Jen, my wife was was not into that. She's like, that never happened. You know, she, she, she was. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I watched that as a person who would who just accepted it as something that happens in on TV and in movies and in books. And I, I have to say, as somebody who is, I mean, if you were to ask me to rank my favorite Mad Men men, Stan would be number one. Stan just crept up there, yeah. Stan would be I mean I'm so jealous of Peggy when he when he said that I almost I almost couldn't breathe like I don't really have responses like that to television shows like Ross and Rachel could do whatever they wanted I didn't really care I was invested but not to the point where like my my emotions were getting caught up in stuff or like when well actually when Joey and Rachel started to get together I thought that was that was that I was in for that Um, okay we're gonna come back to that (laughs) <laughs> where they all just turn on each other and they're all like what other heterosexual pairings are left <laughs> on this island because there's no one I... there's except like maybe aisha tyler for a second but really like all of manhattan there's really only four people for each of us yeah the, i know it's ridiculous and yet the there's something friends. about the way matt leblanc played he he sold that for me wasn't there and an there's interpol a way... song in that scene by the way wasn't that to set to it i believe that was interpol's great uh sitcom moment i have to somebody will correct me on this I don't remember now. Probably <laughs> it was like it was that time. I feel like that's what happened. Anyway, I mean, Stan, I was really jelly. Yeah. Je- jelly. I was really jealous of Peggy, um, and happy for her. And that was such a well acted, well written scene. That was one of the best written scenes of that whole series. That whole episode was well written. What happened to Joan was great. All the things that you thought were gonna, I didn't know what. I, you know, obviously nobody knew what was gonna happen, but. I just all of the happy surprises and like the way that they tied everything up without tying anything up, I thought was so smart and clever. And yes, there was a bit of fan serviceiness. I like that you. I like that. I don't know. I mean, maybe they knew that Stan was the man the whole time, the way I knew, and I just didn't. You know, I mean, nobody really. I never really heard any conversations about how great Stan is, but I'm sure that I, either I missed them or people just sort of. Never got around to saying it, but always felt that way. Well, he's kind of the only character on that. Not not to take anything away, not to say that you don't have free will and are not able to make decisions about which Mad Men character is like you know the your guy. But like, there's who else in that group? I mean, you could maybe say you could maybe say Don, but who else in that group is really like you're not going to you know Harry Crane? You're not going to have like a Harry Crane thing. There's no one left at this point. I I was a big Paul Kinsey fan. Paul Kinsey reminded me of a young my dad. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, Paul. I can see that, Paul Kinsey. But he's, I don't know. What What do they do? He, he, oh, yeah, 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 Krishna. That's right. Yes, yes. Yes. He's out. 
Um, no, I mean, Stan was always it for me. There's something, there's just something really appealing about how oafish he is, but also how not stupid in his oafishness he is and, and how the, they're just, the, he and Peggy, at least on paper, are good for each other. I also think that I just really like, I like the way things were left with, with Betty, um, it's it was it was the it was the what the six feet under finale could have been had it not had the gumption to do what the six feet under finale actually wound up doing, and I had it it produced a not dissimilar emotional response in me. I was just surprised. I'm always surprised when when TV gets to me that way. I mean, not because it's TV or anything, but because I don't really realize how invested I am in a television show until I'm crying or laughing. Or, you know, I move to the edge of a very difficult chair in my house to move to the edge to <laughs> like you're kind of like like the chair is eating you when you're sitting in it. And when Stan is when it's clear that Stan is about to make some confession, I kind of like shimmied up to the edge of the chair. And then there's that moment when Don calls Peggy right before that, which is. Oh, that's also beautiful. Um. I don't know. I mean, the other thing is I haven't really processed any of this. I'm talking, you're the first person I've spoken to about any of this. I haven't read anything. I just watched it. What? Uh, eight hours ago, um, nine hours ago. And then I went to bed and then woke up and did some work. And now I'm talking to you. So I haven't even, I don't know anything about anything. Um, but I know that I really, I really liked that and felt very satisfied by it. It's not like he is not a great director, by the way. We didn't talk about this last time we talked about this show. Um, but the episode before that, or maybe the, ep- yeah, no, the episode where two episodes ago, the episode where the VFW thing where he's on, yeah, on the road. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That was not like Matthew Weiner is not the best filmmaker and there are just some really awkward cuts and I felt like I wasn't on the set. I don't know how many takes they made, but you know, I felt like that scene, as much as I love the writing for that scene with, with Henry in the dorm, there's a really bad, that shot, not the best and the, the edit out of it. Isn't the best. Um, it's a weird cut after that. Um, but you know, I mean, this is a, it's a great show and to be able to like get all the way down to talking about how, whether or not it was, directed well or not is is a testament to you know the other investments that you make because i mean how often i mean you know there are critics who sort of think about television shows in this way um and i do too i guess i just i i I guess i what i'm saying i guess is i'm foregoing that you know the things that aren't really well directed to focus on how good the writing is. I mean, and, and there are other, there are many episodes of that show that have, are they're impeccably made. Um, but the last two I thought were not exactly, they weren't as, they weren't as tight and as crisp uh, visually as, as other episodes have been. And this, you know, the last two episodes had the opportunity to have a lot of exteriors. Um, and I don't know if the most was made of those, but again, this was I was really happy with the last episode as a piece of writing and acting and 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 conception. 
And that's what it's really about on this show. I don't know. I feel the same way you did. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm not. I wasn't. That wasn't a, a awkward. I, I guess it came out awkwardly. I didn't mean it to be. It no, really is. No, funny. I think it, I, I think it is in some sense. But for me, I mean, yeah, this was. You know, I don't know that I ever wrote anything about this show. I think that I managed to have it be a pure thing that I consumed for entertainment purposes. You know, I was I was in that way fortunate enough, like that. Un, you know, unlike other people at Grantland, unlike you know, like uh, Molly Lambert, uh, Mark Lasanti, Andy Greenwald, people who wrote about had to write about it over the years. All geniuses reasons. on this show, by all, the way. Yeah, all. I mean, all the, three of them were just were great. I mean, they. And they, I mean, those are the only people I read. Just be, a because I was going to the site anyway, and I couldn't avoid it. But this season in particular, I decided at the beginning of the, of the season or the half season or whatever it was, I just went. I said no takes. I'm not going to read any. I'm not going to read any uh, after morning afters. I'm not going to read any recaps. I'm not going to read anything like that. I'm going to purely experience this on my own. And obviously, I broke that once the finale happened. But while it was going on, I was just like, you know what? I don't want to hear anybody complaining. I said this. I've said this on the show before. That I wasn't that I wasn't doing that. So this was my one thing. This was my thing that I experienced just purely as you know, so, sort of for in, enjoyment purposes. I did not want the the, the work of uh, you know thinking about it uh, critically to come into that. And obviously, I still thought about it, but you know. Yeah. So I'm sad in a different way, and I feel like you know I was this was something I cared about. You know, I cared about these characters. I cared about the you know I just wanted to see these things happen. I didn't. I, I you know didn't want it to end. I, I could I could absolutely just watch a whole you know. 10 more years 70s madman in a second in a minute there's yeah, a button that's so i could push to make that happen i would i would happily i would happily do that if the and i can't think of a scenario in which i mean most of the actors on this show are good actors and and want presumably to do other things so there's not really much of a it just has to end it can't go on forever and as i as i texted you last night I am now subsequently concerned about AMC's programming. <laughs> well, <laughs> they are expletived. It feels, it seems to me once the walk, I mean, I guess the walking dead could probably go on forever too. Yeah. And they're making another walking dead. You yeah, know, there's yeah, going to be a yeah. walking dead West with, you know, oh boy. which they were filming in, in my neighborhood. Can we get parts is, on that? <laughs> I, I walked by it. I was walking. I, they, they were making, I, they were, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, it looks, it looks apocalyptic out here today. Uh, more than usual for for Silver Lake, which you know it's just it's hilarious if you imagine like you know the Walking Dead coming there. Um, they're, they're, t- they're coming towards Intelligentsia. We got to you know sandbag it. Yeah, protect the uh, protect the the music conservatory where Flea <laughs> teaches kids to play bass. Um, like like that's a real thing. Uh, no, yeah, I I wonder about it. Yeah, about them. You know, all you know. All they need is all they need is one thing, one thing to start popping. I watched Halt and Catch Fire uh, over the you know this last uh, week and a half or so, and and really liked it. But that doesn't seem like it's. I think that's a good show, but it does not yet seem to have grabbed the uh, the, the culture by the consciousness. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that that will you know that that will continue to be you know I think it has that has a lot of potential. But yeah, no, there's nothing that's like the thing that's gonna you know I mean like we 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 make fun of Turn a lot at my house. Yeah, I'm, turn, I'm sorry. It. I'm sorry. Turn colon Washington spies. Uh, yeah, I'm not watching that show. That's never going to happen. You know, there, I feel like there's a kind of TV that is just like, you know, we know that all this stuff is happening in the world and we know that, like, there's some really important things going on. We're not doing that. We're going to go. We're going to go as far back in time 
And, you know, I watched the, like half of the first season and there's some like interesting, um, I mean, it's not a parable and it's not, not really an allegory either, but I mean, there are some interesting parallels between, you know, the what's happening on that show and what's happening in the country. But at the same time, I just, it just didn't, it just didn't, it's not, it did not work for me. And I just, by the time it was over, was like, I, if this p- gets picked up for a second season, uh, I don't think I can watch it. I think Meanwhile, it's a, it's a I'm behind on Veep. I'm behind on Veep. I'm behind on Silicon Valley. Um, I, we never even talked about American crime, which I'm, which is over now. Um, and I never finished watching the rest of that. Uh, I don't know. I'm just we're I'm behind. I got a lot of stuff to catch up on. It's a weird it's a weird moment all of a sudden when there's no you know, there's still there's still Game of Thrones, which is uh still really really excited a lot of uh a lot of strong female characters this season like never before. Oh, are you kidding? No. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, okay. No, it's a weird okay. it's it's very it's been very troubling. It's been very troubling this season and uh last last night was troubling as well. I don't know, yeah. We're not having a Game of Thrones conversation. I'm. That's one where it's now become that one feel. It, it sort of feels instantly, or, or this season, it's, it has felt obligatory. That I'm. I'm doing this. I'm like, yeah, I'm still doing this. I'm seeing where it's going. They are starting to bring some people together, which which works for me. They, you know, they've you know they're starting some of these threads. But there's a lot of like, I just feel like every week on Game of Thrones now, there's always the moment where somebody's like, oh, oh, you didn't know. Someone there that happened that happened two weeks in a row, and I feel like that should just become a thing from now on because no one talks to anyone. <laughs> they can't communicate, so it's like somebody finds out that somebody died like ten years ago, and they're like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't, you didn't know." And the, 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 oh, like, really? Yeah, there's like, the, yeah, it's like, it's like it's just twice in twice in a row. There's been a thing like that, and it's like it makes sense. It's a Westeros. It's a big. It's a big country. Uh, people can't. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to get, as I've promised many times, I'm I'm going to try to get caught up on that show. I'm, I'm still on season. I'm just starting season three. You should just jump right in with this season. You said that, yeah, but then I got all it. these tweets from people who were like, Alex is crazy. I uh, know. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to do it your way. I'm not respecting George R.R. R. Martin's architecture. <laughs> respect the architect i say just jump in with this season it has the sand snakes it's like the point where it gets real xena like which is a, i think a good thing i think things could use most things could use to be a little more xena than they are now uh i'm not disagreeing with you on that um so why am i not seeing adventureland oh tomorrowland tomorrow <laughs> adventureland adventureland's like a good movie. movie you should see adventureland if you haven't seen that i highly recommend yeah. that movie i i have seen that and you like it more than i do but that's fine. I recommend Adventureland. I even recommend the Way Way Back, which is like the the, the wow. You know, it's that's the the store brand Adventureland in some yes. ways. Sorry, the Shasta Cola no, of, of Adventureland. <laughs> no no shots at Jim Rash, but it, I I like those uh, both of those movies a lot. Um, Tomorrowland. No, look, I really I was I was upset. The one thing I was disappointed that you were you know so busy and off in France. The Cannes Film Festival, whatever you did, not have time to see Tomorrowland. I really want to talk about Tomorrowland, uh, even though uh, no one's going to care. It's funny that somebody, uh, Matt Singer on Twitter, pointed out that the, the Tomorrowland is a movie by one of the co-creators of Lost, or or partially by one of the co-creators of Lost, about how we should stop making so much uh, so many disaster movies because they're ruining the future. And then the following week, the other co-creator of Lost has San Andreas. So. 
I'm excited about which both one of will win. Which well, yeah, well, obviously, who will die? Who, who's yeah? <laughs> I think that yeah, San Andreas is going to swallow Tomorrowland like a crack in the earth. Um, but Tomorrowland is a very interesting movie for a lot of reasons, and it was an interesting review to write, and it's uh, interesting thinking about uh, you know Tomorrowland itself because I, I I spend more time at Disneyland in my life than I I well actually it's probably the same amount of time like when I was ten I'd probably be like yeah and I'm gonna go to Disneyland like uh, every couple of months no matter without fail that's probably was what I thought and like it's actually true it's real. I'm just going to um, okay, start going well, on Wednesdays. But we got to talk about yeah, so we got to talk about right. that. Um, and I go tomorrow. I advise you to see Slow West as well. Yeah, I've had seven chances to see that movie and have taken none of them. Uh, and now it, I can watch it at home. Is that not correct? That's, I, I, that's I, I don't I think did. I'm going to do that. That's not my preferred way. Um, but it might it might have to be given my workload this week in terms of catching up on stuff. Um, yes, I will watch it and be prepared to talk about the next week. I promise. It's um, not, you know, it's not homework, man. You know, it's not homework. It's, well, I mean, it's a real, it's a, it's, you know, it's a, well, well, I'll try not to think of it that way. Try not to think of it that way. I, I think it's worth watching just for, and I won't say what it is, but, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, AKA now, now forever, AKA Danny Rayburn Him for those. Again. For you, you bloodline fans in in the audience, it has has an entrance <laughs> that is, it is the ham and the cheese. It is the entire wheel of cheese and the whole pig, just oh out boy. on, just laid on a platter, and it is it's kind of magnificent. There's a lot. It's, right. You know, he's there's certain different people are at different, very, very vibrating at very different frequencies in this movie, and he just he just comes in and. You know, he's just got a, a just just a chainsaw. I just had to watch because I watched Mad Men. I'm I'm assuming that did you and Dave talk last week about the Steve Jobs trailer? Uh, you know, I forget if we did or not. I, I um, that was a big moment. What? <laughs> you know what this is, right? You know how it's. You know the, the for those of you who don't know, I don't know if you know Wesley, but for those of you who don't know, it's Aaron Sorkin wrote this. It's three oh, scenes. No. You, you didn't know this? This no. is the one. This is the anti, you know, that's the, that's the, what, like, it's different enough from the Ashton Kutcher, Steve Jobs movie, which I actually find to be hilarious and really fun to watch. And anybody should see that. Uh, because I just sort of, I can't kind of can't get enough of this subject. Apparently, like I, you know, I, I read the book, I, you know, watch the Alex Gibney movie and don't get tired of it. Um, no, yeah, Alex no, Gibney th- movie is not. Is, it works. It, I, yeah, I like it. I, 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 but this is it's three scenes. Mm. Each takes place, I guess, before one of the big product launches, and it's it. I guess it's just him yelling at people in different contexts throughout history, or people yelling at him. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I you know I'm not speak. I mean, yeah. Speaking of speaking of uh, slow west, speaking of fastbender, I don't know. Uh, I'm still I, I I still would have liked to there's been I think there's different versions of this movie that could have existed. I was sort of interested. I like well if it's what you're saying it is it's like a triptych. I I a triptych of scenes. I think I like that. Um and I I mean I, look, I just I I in general have a an objection to um biographical movies. I just don't like them. 
Um, it's my least. If I, I mean, it, it, people always want to know Do you have your least favorite kind of movie, and I always say no. Of course not. I'm a professional. I will go to the. Uh, that is my least favorite genre of movie. The straight is, biopic. I don't need it. Don't need it. I mean, I, I just, I am not interested in, I mean, obviously I see quite a few. I see pretty much all of them. And, uh, you know, now that other, you know, everybody, every country has some person that they want to make a biopic about, um, or many countries do. And so, you know, it's not like you can avoid it by going to see some other nationalities movies. You just, it's a, it's a genre of movie now. And, they all, I mean, the good ones obviously know a way around that and they have something they want to say. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know, this, the idea that, that, that it's Steve Jobs again, and I know that nobody saw the Ashton Kutcher movie, which I agree uh, with you about. I think it is. It has a wonderful odiousness that, that few movies have. And, you know, it's it means, it so means well that... <laughs> you you just can't you can't really dispute it but um i mean you can dispute it but what you can't dispute is is the intent i no, guess is maybe the better way to put it i there's something about watching somebody just so sure that they're killing it as a character yeah yes yes yes, yes. and ashton kutcher is so convinced he's like i am nailing this to the wall Kutch is he's like Kutch, you done it again, man. This is it. This is happening. He is nailing it. He is literally he is out back building a trophy case <laughs> in the middle of this performance. He's like, hold on, oh, let me man. let me walk over here and just hammer this together, and then just put this trophy case together, and then like come back to this scene. And yeah, I mean, it, and it, yeah, I mean, there's other things. It's not he's not he's not he's not the problem necessarily. There's no, but he is indicative of the problems. But uh, yeah, no, I, I share that. I share that feeling. But I, it's to the point now where I I dislike that genre so much that like if something is purely and truly of that genre, like in that like if something is like unironically like a biopic and just really really trying to do it, just like you know retrograde, which is the way that I I feel like the Kutcher Jobs feels, where like each scene is a thing. It's a you know it's a biographical detail and it's like an origin story and everything like that. So I don't know. Right, right. I don't know. It's uh, you know, but I uh, anyway. I'll, I'm, I'm I in for the quality one. I'm in for quality I, here and there. I did not know about this. I mean, I knew they were making it, but it did, it changed actors about seventy times, and Sony leaks confused me, and I just didn't. I, I don't know. I just I thought it had died. First of all, I thought it was an Oliver Stone movie. Was it ever an Oliver Stone movie? Is I, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Was it? Did it ever star Leonardo DiCaprio? I, I wow, that would have been good. I guess. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like this movie, it's one of those movies that at least there are some it was movies be, in my brain yeah. began one way and now I'm getting some other version and it feels to me kind of, you know, forgive the, the, the term, but it feels a little jobbed. Um, and oh my God, isn't that the name of the movie? Shouldn't that be the name of the movie? Jobbed. <laughs> jobbed. Job. It's like a, it's like a new metal band with an apostrophe. <laughs> Uh, no, I believe it started out as Moneyball. Actually, that was what it was initially. <laughs> that was the plan, and then it morphed from there. It was initially about the Oakland A's. Um, yeah, I, oh. I, that's the thing. Yeah, you do get you do get confused about what it was what it was going to be. Anyway, that was my that was that was the last thing I saw Mad Men related was stay tuned for the most important trailer you're ever going to see now that this important television show is over. So I stayed tuned, and that's what they gave me. Um, 
what else should we talk about before we before we go? Because we don't we're not talk. We're, by the way, you guys, this is like a like a hey, we're still alive. Hey, we still, still know each still other. Doing I a just, show. Just do, hey, yeah. we need to establish consistency in our lives. I'm, so we don't. I'm I'm also I'm a little bit jet lagged, and you know. The culture is running away from me. We're both we're both writing today. Backstory: oh, yeah, We're both, we're both writing lines. things today, and like that was the that's kind of the only I have to go and finish something, and you have to go and finish something. Mine is uh, I've been yeah. Mine's like about disasters and stuff like. Oh that. hey, fun. did you watch? I'm I, this is the other thing I missed while I was gone. Letterman. Yeah, we didn't talk about it. Um, I felt very much. The absence of the NBC show from history kind of ruined the CBS finale for me. The fact that they, what? Could, they didn't mention it. No, I mean, well, they <gasps> mentioned. I mean, look, they obviously mentioned it. They talked about it, but they don't have like I guess Worldwide Pants or Letterman owns those shows and will eventually get to decide whether to put them on you know reruns or whatever. So it's not like he has all that taken away from him, but he can't. He still can't for the same reason that he couldn't call Larry Bud Melman Larry Bud Melman because NBC decided that the name Larry Bud Melman was NBC intellectual property. So he just was he was Calvert DeForest and they just used they did have him do the exact same thing. They don't have the NBC show. So there were clips. The old clips were it was interesting because you got to see the morning show more than you normally do. So they played like Andy Kaufman on the morning show and stuff like that. And, you know, like all that stuff. But there was no. There was this huge chunk of the history, which is like it's it's not at this point the CBS show lasted longer, right? Like it's like twenty you yes. know, twenty years to ten or something, but or more than that. But they don't have they can't show any of the stuff. So it's like the local news could show the Alka Seltzer suit, but you didn't see that, mm-hmm. you know. So there was a lot of stuff that just felt like it was missing. There was a lot, you know, because I actually honestly feel like the CBS show was not as great of a show. No, you it wasn't. Look back of and the, sort of the, the, the the reputation, which is which is sterling, and I'm not questioning it at all. But the more repu- professional, sure. The, the reputation is built on NBC and built on that thing, and built you know yes. built on that that whole period, and like just the idea of like doing this bizarre thing on NBC, and I think once yeah. So yeah, no, it's interesting. So it was interesting. It was interesting to watch him kind of deal with his emotions and you know process them, and like the, that feeling of like he was not. He, I didn't think he was overly sentimental, and yet there was the feeling in every segment like he might just break for no reason, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that was that. That was interesting, but it was it was strange. It almost felt. I mean, part of it was I think that we watched it the next night after it was over, so it couldn't have helped but feel a little bit anticlimactic because you're watching it on DVR at like eight, you know, as opposed <laughs> to like eleven thirty. Yeah. I think you know both my wife and I were like, no, we're not staying up for that. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It was a weird. It was it was felt weirdly anticlimactic, and I guess I didn't. It had not occurred to me until the moment that it started that I was like, "Oh, this is CBS only, so it can't be." You know, this is the finale of the CBS show, so this is going to be about the history of the CBS thing, rather than yeah. you know the whole the whole saga, which is all and all the good you know the really important stuff is on YouTube and everything. But they should just there should just be a channel where they just show that show. I would watch. Yeah, that. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there will be. I just found out that my cable company was being bought today, so um, hopefully that'll lead to lower prices and expanded channels. <laughs> you know, I think the biggest thing is probably going to be service. I think as monopolies come together, what they get really good at is customer service. Oh my god! I mean, I, I didn't want the I didn't want the Comcast Time Warner deal to go through, but. <sighs> I mean, the idea of charter. I've never even heard of charter. What is charter? What is charter? 
Uh, that's a good question. That's a strange. I don't. But, uh, I don't even know what it is. I mean, I, I just look. I, it's not in my interest to know all the cable companies, but. I mean, if they can improve, I mean, there's just like, what is this? I've read nothing about this. I just woke up and it was on the, it was on the, the news this morning when, you know, NPR told me, um, I don't, I'm just, I'm charter didn't know. And now, you know, I'm assuming that, that, that if I wanted a Letterman channel, they'll put it in some package. That'll be so, you know, that'll be another $10 a month, Mr. Morris. Um, my cable bill is outrageously expensive. I just it just went through the other day, and I'm just like, why am I paying all this money? Um, hopefully, hopefully Charter, if you're listening, you'll find a way to lower my prices because uh, my cable bill is higher than Time Warner stock. <laughs> I saw that this morning. I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, I my cable bill is higher than the than the than the up four percent stock price that Time Warner that this deal pushed Time Warner up to, or what what Charter is going to pay per share for Time Warner is probably the better way to put it. It's just crazy. It's insane. T- Charter, if you're listening, lower my cable bill. Lower they, all of our cable bills. They are listening. They're constantly listening. They don't. They're probably care. they are listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. I hope they are. Anyway, do we have a jam? Oh, we do. I actually this occurred. I was gonna play this the week uh, the week before, and I was like, "No, I can't. I can't. I can't have this be." I'll, I'll let I'll let uh, Dave Schilling pick the jam this week because that would be. Oh, what did wrong. Dave pick? I'm gonna listen. Don't tell me. I'm gonna listen to the show now that I've watched Mad Men. Yeah, no spoilers. Um, no spoilers. I just also want to uh, say really quickly before you go on. Yeah. I am gonna miss David Letterman being on CBS. That's all. I mean, I, that's that's really what I also wanted to say. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss him. He brought me a lot of years of happiness and, and joy and fun and intelligence and wit and churlishness when it when when appropriate. That was his best mode, I think, personally. Was was like offended and aggrieved, Dave Letterman. Irate. Yeah. No, yes. he was and that's the thing. We are never going to have another person in that position who is like that. It's weird nope. that even he was like that, obviously, but it, it, we're never going to have that. It's we've we've completely Everything we we've reinfolded everything that he did, and we've made it part of our, the you know the vocabulary of how we play patty cake with celebrities, and like that's mm. what's going oh, to be, that's you know. such a great expression. It's all it is. I mean, if that's not a segment, if that's not a James Corden segment, it's going to be. It's our. It's happening soon. <laughs> I believe. Literally, like that, on is, a, that is the meanest, most aptly critical thing. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. Like, you just made you just you have just taken all the enjoyment I might have been getting out of that show. It's gone. You've now laid down a moral. You've drawn a moral line, and I I have to step step on the other side of it now. I have to cross back over to where you sit because you are one hundred percent correct. I mean, I could tolerate it with Jimmy Fallon and that James Corden show. I really enjoyed it till just now, and I might be able to come up with some intellectual defense of it when we split up and maybe I'll come back next week and, and defend it. Um, and maybe listeners who love the James Corden show will have feelings about it, but you were 100% correct. Uh, a about, I mean, I introduced the point about Letterman's churlishness being you. Well, no, it's gone. It, and I mean, maybe Colbert could, could fill that function. It might be Colbert. That's the only, yeah, I, we, we I, it depends what Colbert does with that platform. 
We'll see. Right. There could right. be some I've, version of it. But I don't know. I feel like he's actually too – Colbert is too nice. I think he's a very smart guy and I think he's great. And I think he was that, that character was amazing. But I don't honestly – I think the reason that character worked is that he doesn't really have that in him. He's not actually – you know, angry in that way. I think Letterman but what if playing a, that guy for that long gave yeah. him a little of that? Maybe, maybe we'll see. But I don't. I I would love it. I'd be happy. Yeah, I just I don't know. Too. I mean, that was the thing. Sort of just watching that and just thinking about it and just thinking about, you know, all of the like watching Letterman get angry when somebody would violate. Watching him like get mad at Harvey Pekar. Even if you agreed with Harvey Pekar about GE being a bad company or at that, you know, right, whatever, right. like if you were on that, even if you were on that side, like watching Letterman be uh, become aggrieved at a guest, you know, that's just impossible. That would never happen. It's like it just you would just you cannot. It's hard to imagine like, you know, like Jimmy Fallon just be, like not being like, oh, this is so great. <laughs> You're so yeah, great. Yeah. Harvey, P- Harvey Pekar, everybody. Like it's, it's he would just, you know, it's like. It just like the ability of TV to absorb those kind of you know those kinds of things. Maybe Seth Meyers. Man. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to think that the longer these guys are on the air and the older they get, you know, they too develop some sort of standard. I don't know. I don't. Know. I mean, standard of, of of behavior or of or of, of 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 thinking about the way other people are thinking and behaving. Um. Anyway, what's our jam? Sorry, jam I just wanted week. to end that because I didn't feel like we were done. I no, I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done. These are ongoing conversations. We'll be. We'll come back to it. We'll, okay. we'll come back to selfish next week too. We'll bring that back <laughs> by popular demand. Never got. I left so it deep. on my dining room table when I left, and I came back home. That was the first thing I saw when I walked into my house. I was like, <gasps> "That was real." <laughs> she's she's waiting for you. Uh, the jam of the week. I, I you may just know this if, like, if we try if if, if if we just if Joe just like would to drop it right now. Yay! <laughs> I knew it. This is why I waited. <laughs> My day has been made. I'm lucky, Alex. I'm lucky. This is, of course, Joan Armatrading's I'm Lucky. I'm filling in my, my 80s gaps, as I've said over the years. This is apparently, this is like this one, the real fans are split to negative on this record because it's, as you can hear, she's got synths all over the place. There's a synth, but like it's still her, and the lyrics are so good. This whole album is good. People, Joan Armatrading. It doesn't matter which album, they're all pretty much really good, even the later ones. Oh, thank you, Alex. You're welcome. So great. I love this song. I love how it sounds like she's convincing herself of the sentiment that she's singing about. I really enjoy that. And, you know, I'm not mad at the synths. The synths weirdly bring it into the present for me. Oh, my God. We're going to, you know what? I declare June, Joan Armatrading Month. I'm playing only Joan Armatrading jams. That might not actually work out to be true, but I want to. Um, anyway, thanks, Joe Fuentes, for being patient. Thanks, Dave Jacoby, for being you. Alex, you're the best. Um, I'm glad I'm back. Thanks, Dave Schilling, for being here last week. And uh, I'll talk to you guys. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening.
Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcasts.